Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for moving in the, in the worship, God. And we thank you for everything that you're doing in our midst and around us, Father. We thank you that you move mightily in and amongst your people. And Lord, we, we, just, we just ask, God, that your presence would continue on. Lord, let us be stirred to faith today. I pray that my words would be yours and yours would be mine. And that I would be able to convey this message properly. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the message, the, the words that were given uh, today, uh, like, went right along with everything that I'm talking about. So, we're, we're in for a wild one. So, <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, today, I'm going to talk about silencing the liars in your life. Are going to war with the lies in your life. And I want to read this word that I gave Sunday. It says, The lying spirit cloaks itself as prophetic concern, yet refuses the law of the prophetic that, is, that says it is to uplift, encourage, and edify. It sows seeds of doubt or contempt in an attempt to, for you to see things how it sees them. And it forces you to agree with the truth to agree with its version of the truth while being devoid of faith, hope, and love. It validates only by the negative while cursing any and all good. It will take your eyes fixed upon Jesus and try to get you to focus on shortcomings of yourself or of your brothers and sisters, and it forces you to think that there is no redemption. It gladly focuses only on issues and says, instead of devoting yourself in prayer over the subject... You should just begin to doubt God's hand on the situation and circumstances, thus seeing no redemptive end. Yet in truth, there is always redemption. The truth comes in love, and it always restores. And so, one of the things that I have, that the Lord's been laying on my heart, is to deal with lies that we believe. And it is something, it is, it is something that is so crucial, uh, like, it, you know, of all the times to get a word about lying, it's during an election cycle. <laughs> um, so I won't be dabbling in any, any politics, maybe, hopefully, prayerfully. I'm sticking to the, sticking to the script because um, the, the Lord wants a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in here, and he wants me to convey it. So one of the things that we need to do with, in order to deal with lies, we must be able to be totally honest with ourselves and our stances towards the truth. My desire today is to speak the truth in love as it says in Ephesians 4.15. Because anything less than love will lead you to believing a lie. It is not enough to simply give the truth bluntly, but to show through love that the truth is a better option. And so, what do I mean by that? There are... Have you ever met someone who like gives you the truth and it's about as blunt as a hammer to the teeth? And you're just like... Well, I don't even care if you are correct. I want nothing to do with you. That is, a, that is where a lot of times Christians find themselves. They want to take a bold stand against sin and the lies of this world. At the same time, they do not, they're not, their words aren't tempered with love. You want to know the best evangelistic practice is to actually care about the people you're evangelizing to. <laughs> you can't be, you can't just be like, turn or burn, baby. <laughs> that, that does not work. Uh, you have to have a heart for the people. Multiple times, 
Jesus was teaching the multitudes. And what happens? He goes and it says his heart was moved with compassion. And so when we are, when we're talking about the truth, we want it always to be in love. So repeat after me. I believe the Bible. I believe that it encompasses the truth of the Lord and his heart towards his church and I. I refuse to let a spirit of offense sway me from biblical truth. All right. There you go. You said it. Now we get to dive into it. So John Vermeer says this. He says, an offended heart is a breeding ground of deception. And so we protect ourselves from offense by accepting wholeheartedly the truth. And any opinion that is different from what this word says, we change. We, we adjust and we, we move forward um, in the truth. We don't hold on to our opinions. So why is it important to submit yourself to the truth? Because when you don't, you begin to have ungodly attributes. You begin to put faith in lesser gods. Those words today hit every button on this message. Because many times what we see today is people pick and choose out of this word. And they begin to form a a Jesus that does not exist. They begin to form opinions on the church that are uh, heretical and wrong. There's a lot of people running around saying, you don't need the church, you don't need the church. And that is wrong. The church, Yes, the church is more than a building, but we are blessed to be able to gather. We'll get into that later. But So one of the things that the Lord brought up um, in my spirit, one of the easiest ways to tell if one of the easiest ways to, to show how we put our faith in lesser gods is that some of us actually serve the God of lack. The Bible calls Jehovah, Yahweh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. He calls, they, they're, they're called the God of more than enough, the God of abundance. Yet some of us serve the God of lack because we believe that we cannot afford to be generous and it causes us to be greedy. Thus believing the lie and putting our faith in the spirit of lack. Now, we've already taken up the tithes and offerings. What I'm about to share is a personal testimony. So, y'all said you wouldn't be offended. This is my story. So if you get mad on my behalf, you're wasting your time. I've already been there, already done that. So, I love you for it. Don't get me wrong. But take that energy and wait in case we have a shootout or something. So, we'll we'll move forward. But I'm here. I'm good. This is my testimony. Years ago, before I became a pastor, I went for a period of months not tithing because I felt that tithing would put me too far behind financially. I was just barely making it. The truth is is that I was a liar and a thief. And this comes from Malachi. Again, this is my testimony. The Bible says in Malachi... In 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinance and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, In what way shall we return? Verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. This is their argument. They say, How can we return? We never left you. 
And, the, and, and, God's, and, and they say, can, can anyone rob God? Uh, you know, we, we, we belong to you. We're people of the covenant. We belong to you. And yet he responds and he says, you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In the tithes and the offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you, ro- you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And now try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows. In other translations, if you break it down, that means floodgates. If I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be enough room to contain it or receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for, your, for you in the field, says the Lord. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, when I withheld the, t- when I would, when I withheld the tithe, I became a thief and a liar. I was cursed with a curse by my own actions because I believed the lie that the tithe was just too much. And so I robbed God and I lied to myself. I literally put my faith into my lack and became a thief. You may say that's harsh. And remember, I am talking about myself. I've allowed the word, this word, to offend me. And change me. I'm not perfect, and this word will continue to change me until I leave earth. And we are always to grow. So you may, not, you may struggle with not tithing, and I want to encourage you. Begin to step out in faith. Malachi 3, chapter 3, verse 10 says, Test the Lord. Try it, and He will bless you. To overcome this lack, prayer is good. But in both scriptures, Matthew eleven five and Luke seven twenty two, it says this in some version or, or, or fashion. This is I took this one from Matthew eleven verse five. It says the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who had leprosy were cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead were raised, and the good news was proclaimed to the poor. It does not say that he prayed over the poor and they were blessed. It was the good news that was proclaimed to the poor. And the, so what does, that, what does that mean? Why would poor people want to hear good news? Because the only cure for poverty is the teaching of the word. Even if it's offensive to the lies that we believe. And so what happens is we have to be able to let this thing come in, cut deep and change us. I'm not faulting anyone for, 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 ha- for being afraid in, in regards to financial uh, stress and, and, be, and being given, get, and giving. There's mercy and there's grace. But understand that you're called to be an overcomer. And, and, and even in the Bible says it's, you're called to be more than an overcomer. So if you feel like you're just barely making it, I want to tell you there's a better way. But it's going to require your faith. Don't put your faith in your lack. Don't, don't begin to say, this is all we'll ever have. This is all, you know, if we could just make an extra hundred bucks, we'd be fine. No, begin to grab a hold and say, Lord, you said that you would pour out a blessing so much that I would not be able to contain it. Therefore, that must mean that there's a step beyond just sustaining it. And there's a step in the direction of generosity. And so what happens is when you begin to be generous, you begin to be a witness to others. There are, yes, we can, we can evangelize. 
But there is also something that when you begin to take, like, just bless people with groceries, we've done this before as a church, and we've heard the testimonies that it changes lives, just that simple thing. A hundred bucks in the grand scheme of eternity is nothing. A million dollars in the grand scheme of eternity is nothing. And you may say, a million's a lot of money. Yeah, right now, if a million dollars fell from the ground, that'd be a lot of money. I'd probably get crushed by it. But understand that the Lord is able to, get, to, to gear you towards financial success, and, 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 and He's able to grow you up in that. But the first step is you have to put your faith in that He'll never let you go without as long as you are giving. Your generosity stays away the hand of the devourer. By us giving, he rebukes him. So, wherever lies are, the lie that I believe that there there was not enough, wherever lies are, slander, jealousy, and flattery are waiting around the corner. In me withholding the tithe, I let a lying spirit flatter me by saying, God knows my heart. So when you allow a lie in, The flattery will often slander your spiritual peers and your spiritual fathers. As I withheld the tithe, I got more lack and I began to view others with contempt, specifically my own spiritual leadership because I thought God must view them as more important. You have never lived an angry life until you're with a pastor who is reaping a blessing, until you live in the house of a senior pastor who is reaping a blessing of financial giving while you are working your tail off and not seeing any increase because you're holding on to the tithe. I want to tell you it's an experience. You all don't have to experience it. Like people have been shot and they say that's an experience. That's not something I want to experience. This is something I don't want you to experience. I want you to be uh, successful. I want you to have plenty, more than enough. Um, So, (laughs) learn from my mistakes uh, because the Lord is good. And just because one of us made the mistake, praise the Lord, we get to learn from from that, you know? I mean, he he takes, the song says, he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. So, let me see here. I got scriptures written down and I didn't put the whole scripture one of the things, the, the most important thing that, ha- that, that the lie attacks is your relationship with spiritual headship and your spiritual peers. Now, in 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul writes to Timothy and says, you have many teachers, but not many spiritual fathers. And so what happens is the lying spirit, if he can cut you off of your, uh, with, with friends around you and leaders among you, what happens is he isolates you and he begins to destroy you. The, there is strength in numbers, okay? If we, okay, we are sheep of his pasture, right? Amen? We're, we're all sheep of his pasture. Jesus is the good shepherd. The enemy ro- roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Well, how do lions hunt? They pick off the herds, and the, 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 the sick in the herd, and the stragglers. And so as, you, as, as we come in, Lying, the lying spirit will begin to, f- it, 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 like you can look back in history, man. It, if it seeps into the foundation of a society, it destroys them completely. And so as a church, you know, the kingdom, yes, but as a local church body, because 
we are, this is where we are part of, we must guard our hearts against lies against, and slander against our brothers and sisters and our spiritual fathers and headship. Okay, this is, this is, up, this is the, of the utmost importance because what we see is people say, well, I belong to the kingdom of God. Okay, awesome, we all do. Here's where you miss something. Kingdoms have providences. There are sections of the kingdom that are run by different people. So for the river, Pastor Dean is ahead of this providence, this church right here. Pastor Dean is ahead of it. And so we want to serve in this body, in this, in this local body. And those who go to Marietta want to serve in that. And we love Marietta. We have, now have basically two separate church bodies that are growing. And there's no animosity. There's no contempt. There's no hatred. We want to be able to serve without letting that lying spirit begin to slander each other and let our offenses towards each other rip us apart. Because where there is not unity of heart, there is no unity of the spirit. Some may say something. So with, with this, one of the ways that, that, that the, the lies come in is flattery, it's lies, I'm sorry, flattery, slanders, um, and jealousy. You want to guard your heart against it. With my, with my uh, testimony, when I saw that my father, my, my dad, my spiritual father and my dad was flourishing, I became angry. And, you know, at a, at a young age, I was told, I have a call of God on my life. And so I wrote this, completely talking to me, because this is exactly what I did. I sa- it says, some, <laughs> some may say, me, uh, something stupid like, yeah, I have a calling. I have anointing. I have this prophetic word and that prophetic word. That's all great and that's dandy, but the gifts will never trump your obedience. How do you get rid of those lies? You serve. You begin to serve. Jesus washed each disciple's feet knowing they would betray him. Preemptively served them in the midst of their betrayal. And God, I mean, like, that is such a picture of how we are to be. We're going to have people betray us. We're going to have people offend us and, and, and hate us. But you know what? Man, we're called to love them. I hold nothing against those who, who have wronged me. Because, man, I know I've wronged other people. I've, I know I've wronged God and other people, and he's been faithful to forgive me. So, go with me to Ephesians 5, 16. You all may beat me there. I've, I'm, I've got too many sticky notes. So Ephesians 5, 16, let's go with 15. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that the, that what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is the dissipation, 
but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, giving thanks for giving thanks for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. One of the ways that the, what, one of the ways that the lying spirit robs you is, is that connection with people. And the Bible says submitting one another in, in the fear of God. I looked it up, and one of the versions of God is literally translated God's representative or God's vice regent. When we become offended by a lie that we believe and we begin to abstain from connection with, uh, with, with people that were with our neighbors, with our, with our godly neighbors or our leadership, we actually begin to not be in the fear of God. Why would I ever disrespect Jesus who is standing in front of me, right? Why do I find it okay to disrespect a fellow believer? Because Christ in them, the hope of glory, right? The Holy Spirit's in them as much as he is in me. I have no right to, to hate them because they are a part of, of me. They, they and I, share, we share that DNA. See, your spiritual friends and your spiritual headship is God's representative, representative to you. When you touch God's anointed, you touch God. So be very careful when you deal with your friends and with your leaders. You never, you'll never outgrow the need for spiritual guidance. When my spiritual fathers go home to be with the Lord, I will seek counsel from godly, like-minded peers. You may say, Does, is, the spirit, is the spiritual leader above scrutiny? Is the, is it, how, how do we uphold him? The spiritual leader is to uphold the tenets of Scripture. He, won't, he will never be perfect. And if you're looking for Jesus you need to look past your spiritual father. You need to look into this and make room that they will not be perfect. But trust that God is working in, him, in them as much as he is working in you. And that is how we continue on. I, I, I see Jesus working in and amongst me. And I see God working in you. And I, we grow in that love for one another. Let's call into question why we are so eager to scrutinize Spiritual leaders and spiritual peers. When you are out for a fight and you begin to look at other people and say, how can they do that? How can they do this? How, how dare they do that? God, why would you do this? You begin to point the finger at the Lord. Yes, they're not perfect. But like I said in the beginning, how you evangelize is through love. How you, 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 when you speak the truth in love, you, when you go to them, your heart should be for them, not hating them. We oftentimes scrutinize our leaders. We must ask ourselves, is it because we feel ourselves ready for leadership or that we should be above our peers? Look to the scriptures for what is required to be a deacon or an elder. Are you willing to live righteously until you are brought to the fullness of your calling and then uphold righteousness afterwards? And what if you are asked to do something that you are not called to do? If Eric asked me to come help him change a tire, I can change a tire, but not as good as Eric. And my, he, he has a calling and a gifting for, for being a mechanic. I do not. I 
I like to, like, I can, I can do it. I, I want, you want to know the weirdest thing? One of my weirdest traits, I know how to fix brakes. I do not know how to change my oil. <laughs> so I don't know. I learned backwards, I guess. But I want to honor that. Whenever we're called upon to do something, we need to push away the, I'll pray about it. That's not my calling. That's a lying spirit. And I can prove it through Scripture. Look again to Scripture. Look at the election of Matthias, who was the apostle that was elected after Judas. Look at the election of Stephen and the other deacons. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that Stephen replied, I'm called to serve more than tables and help elderly. I'm an evangelist or I'm a preacher. I'm, a, I'm an apostle and I'm called to lead people to the Lord. Serving tables is beneath me. No, he served the house's needs and he went out witnessing. You know what manipulative people would have called Stephen? A yes man. People today will criticize people who serve in the church because why would you do something like that? Why would you give your life to something like that? Understand that this is not, this, our lives are fleeting but the church is forever. I recently did a study, this has something to do with it, but I recently did a study on Ancestry.com and I studied out who, where I came from. And I realized that I have people in, from the, found, like the founding of this country forward. I never knew. I have a people. They, God moved heaven and earth and all of these relationships had to take place for me to be here right now. And so, as my forefathers served in the Lord, even if they didn't know, God used their, their unknowingness to serve Him and to bring us to the point to where the river would be made and that you all would be here together with us. See, the, Lord, this, the whole thing of the church is God's divine plan. So, when I realized that my forefathers served the Lord, even, they, they prayed for things that they didn't even get to see, I understand that that will be my calling too. It doesn't matter how close I could, I could leave this parking lot and get hit by a semi-truck and, and, and die, but I will know that I have served in something that will outlast me. And that is something that the enemy tries to rob us with. The lies that, that I mean, like, look at our culture. We see, you know, just go make money. Make, you know, make, grind hard. Make your, make your millions. Make, you know, do this stuff. Some of us are just like, oh, that's, yeah, that's just annoying. <laughs> but... The Lord wants us to sow into something eternal, whether that be our time, what, you know, in, in tithes and offerings. We are to give into that. And we see today what Pastor Becky read about what's happening in the other nations. This is not confined to just Waterford, but it's rippling in the world. And we're thankful for that. Stephen had a call to preach. Why would he serve tables? Because he understood his calling would be fulfilled in his obedience to the bride. Whatever she had need of, he was there to serve. And then went out of his way to convert people. Thus adding more to his responsibilities as a deacon. Imagine if you're called, like Stephen was, was so gangster that he walked upright that they could 
gamble for those people to be elected. <laughs> That's how godly Stephen lived his life. And he considered serving the bride an honor. What does the lying spirit say? It tries to take you out of the, out of the, the, the family and says you have to serve your own make, your own model, your own calling. Sometimes the best thing that we can do, we may, we, I, I have a burden, okay, for people in different countries. Like, love Africa. And, and I have one of the, that, there's, those are, one, you know, that's one of the nations that I feel called to. But I really, really feel called to, like, the people in Russia and, like, Europe. I just, I don't know what it is. However, I'm in Waterford, Ohio. Does that mean that that call is not being fulfilled? No. Because I'm obedient to what the Lord has for me. And, the, and, and I, I submit myself to the obedience of my leadership. I, I, the Lord begins to work in ways that we could have never thought possible. We have people from Ireland and from Germany and, and, and other places that hop on our website and watch. We've had people from China, from from. Um, uh, other, other nations, obviously the nations that we're connected to, but we see God moves in ways that we never thought possible. Our calling is amazing, but your calling will only get you as far as your obedience. Don't ever let some snake oil salesman says, say you're too anointed for the church or that your leadership doesn't want to send you out. That is a moronic lie. They begin to make the spirit man in you restless by making you think that you should be further along. Well, if they knew the gift that I had, I would already be out and about and doing the work of the ministry. Let God prove you. Trust in your spiritual leadership. If you're called to this church, Pastor Dean is the head of this house, and the, the pastoral staff underneath him want to serve the vision of the Lord that God gave him. The, we, we all have our, we, ha, we have different callings, we have different giftings. I, Adam is one who has, who has been there since the beginning and has helped. Hey, he's, he's tempered many of us. He's tempered me. He's tempered Derek. There, he's poured his heart into us. We would not be where we are if it hadn't been for Adam. Yet there is a, a, Adam is a different, has, has a different way of doing things than Dad and, and, and Pastor Dean. And so, but we see that each body supplied its part. I would not be where I, where I am now if it wasn't for the sacrifice of, of spiritual leadership. If you ever have doubts, talk to them. Man, talk to them and go to the person that, you, that, you, that you're afraid of. If you're, if you're worried that Pastor Dean is just not going to send you out, man, talk to him. Let him silence those lies. Why would you let them fester? You think you know the man? I don't even know the man. I, like... I don't think you, I mean, like, I know him, but there are times, man, he and I, like, we are two different people. Like, everyone, I've been told all my life, you look just like your dad. I don't think like my dad. My dad is one, when a project comes up, he can brute force that thing together like nobody's business. I have to read the instructions four or five times. And so, I honor him and his ability, yet it's different. Okay, so if you are ever convinced of, a, of something, if you're ever convinced of the most negative thing about you, come talk to spiritual leadership. Let them build you up in your most holy faith. 
Because if you don't, if you let a lie fester, you'll begin to hate God's anointed. And you'll begin to hate his church. The anointing is important and the church equally so. We all can tune in to, to, to XYZ pastor. Yet at the same time, if we cannot love the church, if we hate the church, we are in danger. When you touch his bride, God cannot allow that to go on before judgment is rendered. You, it, it's not because he doesn't love you. And it's not, what do I mean by touching the bride? When you begin to slander one another, when you begin to slander places of worship, you, when you begin to hate others, I'm not talking about false doctrines where we have to call them out. We, we can justify that by the Bible. If, if I don't know, Joe Smith from, from Explosive Church in Atlantis uh, was preaching something heretical. I could stand up here and tell you, do not listen to that man. And I can do that in love because I love you. I don't have any connection with that man. And I pray for his soul. But I am responsible to tell you that that is wrong. If we see Saul upon his conversion and named Paul, spent time in the church and, and with the disciples, and he grew. Acts calls it a time for peace for Paul. Because once you get sent, you start off at Mach 5. Relax and rest. Build the church that you're a part of. Because without the local body, every, every believer would be disjointed. Some will tell you the church needs to be meeting only in houses like the book of Acts. And, and that's awesome. We want to meet in houses. Uh, but they're only using half the scripture. In Acts 5 verse 42 it says that they actually met in the temple courts as well. They had designated places. People will say that the four walls isn't the church. And while yes that technically is, the, is correct, don't dishonor the house of the Lord. This building was fought for. I'm talking about this building right here was fought for and believed for. It's an honor to meet in this building. And don't believe the liars that say just because God blessed you with a facility that this is an old wineskin, that God's going to do something new. We are not afraid to gather outside of this church, but we will never dishonor gathering in this church. If they come, if, I don't know, the 87,000 IRS agents come and lock the door because... They're the IRS. They probably got lost and trying to look for somewhere else. If they come and they lock the door, we're going to meet right out in the parking lot. And you know what? We're going to invite them to come over. We're going to go get Turner's coffee. We're going to bring it to them. We're going to serve them. We're going to convert them. And then we're going to take those keys, willingly or unwillingly, we're going to unlock these doors and have church again. So we're not worried. So we, whenever you hear people begin to slander the church, the Bible calls them a sower of discord among the brethren. It's a dangerous place to be. What does this have to do with lies? Everything. Because if, you, if we sit with, our, with, with, with ourselves, we can begin to be, believe lies about us and about others. But it's really, there is something so potent about a lie that comes from a fellow believer. It cuts deep, and it causes you to wonder. 
And, and, and so we, when we come, when the reason that I'm talking about all this is because if you understood, like, I'm not saying that we're in the book of Revelation. I'm saying this. The book of Acts was, un, the, the, the church in the book of Acts was united. They were in one accord. God wants to move in any type of lie or slander that tries to come in against your brothers and sisters. In your heart or their heart towards you, we begin to be in danger of not being unified. We've got, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to make room for those mistakes, but we're going to protect our covenant with one another. Why am I dealing with lies? Because if we do not embrace the truth, we will believe lies. Half, a half-truth is a full lie. It is important for us to put our faith, our full faith, in the Lord and His Word. Last week, last Sunday, before I got on the stage, Taryn gave me this word. She said, the courts of heaven are open. Make your petitions known. And it has sat with me all week. Because at the moment, I thought that this, that, that it was just, it was, it was almost like it was a fleeting second. Like that word was timely for that moment. But it, it did not leave me. And it stayed with me, and it has stayed with me all week. And on Wednesday, I was praying, and I was just, I was just like crying out to God, like, what is this? Like, did, did I miss it? Did I do something wrong? Why, like, like, why do I still feel like those things are open? Like, like did, did I, should I have stopped and, and, and done more of it exhorting? And the Lord just came to me, and he, he just spoke to me, and he says, no, you make your petitions known. That's still open. He said to me, he said, you will see miracles, but only the ones that you contend for. And the only thing like it, that, like you ever have a word that uplifts you like, yes, miracles. And then that added on only the ones that you contend for is just like a hammer to the chest. You're like, what do you mean? Like, like, like I want to see all the miracles. Like, what are you talking about? And so the only thing I could ask him is I said, Lord, which one should we contend for? Like, which, which ones are we going to see? Which ones, like, like, what do you want to do? What should we contend for? And the Lord replied, all of them. Contend for all of the miracles. Contend for every dream that God has for you. Every word that is spoken over you. If you need a healing, contend con- Contend for the healing. If, you, if, if you're believing for, for financial breakthrough, contend for the financial breakthrough. He told me, if you will contend. Now, I want to preface this. I've never given a word like this. I'm very, like, there's fear of the Lord on me right now. And, I, but I, I know it's the Lord. He said this to me. He said, if you'll contend in the next six to eight weeks and continue, and continue contending after that, we will see things that we only could have dreamed of in the next six to eight months. But it's going to take us laying a hold of these promises. And you may say, Jonathan, why would you give a time frame? Because that's what I heard the Lord, that's what I heard the Lord say. I'm throwing my full self into this and trusting the Lord to make it so. 
When I asked why did I get a time frame, the Lord replied, the river needs to begin to expect flash floods. Some of my sheep have been lulled into a false sense of a revelation that my plans are no longer to prosper them, to heal them, to restore them, almost as if they've been put on hold. But I say over you, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. Trust me and you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Put a demand on me, says God. Contend for the dreams that I have given you. And he took me to Hebrews 11. There's 40 verses. Like I would love to read it to you. But there's, if you ever get a chance, just Hebrews chapter 11. I'll read part of it, I guess, if I can find it. Someone stole it out of my Bible. If you hit Revelation, you've gone too far, I guess. It says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. And it goes on and it gives us a whole history of of the faith of, of, of our spiritual forefathers. It says this, in verse 30, it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they encircled it seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe, but she received the spies with peace. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth, also David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, Faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouths of the lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead to life again. Others were, were tortured, not accepting not accepting the, de- the deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mocking and scourging, yes, and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and sawed in two. Were, they, were t- they were tempted and, s- and were slain with the sword. They wandered in the, in the sheepskins and the goatskins, being destitute, afflicted in torment, of whom the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountain dens and caves of this earth. All of these have obtained a good testimony through faith and did not re- yet receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that we should be made perfect, that they should be, may be perfect apart from us. We have to contend for the things that we want to. To see. By faith, John and Cheyenne and Hunter contended for the promised child that James would be born. By faith, Megan and Eric contended for a child, thus Bailey was born. By faith, the Mosier believed for Bill's healing, and thus a liver transplant happened. And every time we hear Bill play, we are watching a miracle on stage. By faith, Darren and Taryn believed for Shelby to walk again, and now she can. By faith, Pastor Dean and Pastor Becky went to war with giant organizations and to keep this building and won. By faith, we will continue to see signs, wonders, and miracles, physically, financially, and mentally. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living.
we will not grow weary of well-doing. And I, the Lord, I know the Lord has come to us at this time and has said, if you will contend for those promises, they will begin to happen. Promises of healing, promises of financial wealth, promises of marriage, promises of children, promises that this church would grow. I mean everything. What are you believing God for? What, what, what is it that you want so badly? There have been healings that I have prayed for people for, and they have, it felt like they've evaded me. And I've been like, Lord, why am I not seeing it? Because I know you love them more than me. And I see the Lord saying, if we will contend, yes, the enemy's going to stand against us. But the, our God is greater and he is, we are made overcomers through Christ Jesus. We will never see our God defeated in the realms that we actually believe. Eric's word about not putting down your shield of faith is timely. Did you know? This is nerdy, I know, but you'll go with me. There's, back in the day when they, would, when they had shields and spears, the, the shields were used to dodge things and to block things, but they would push armies back, and that's how they would take ground. And many times when we get in these situations where we're contending for miracles, there are things in my life that only God can do. I can't do it on my own. And when we contend for miracles, we can't set aside the shield of faith and just go at it with the sword of the Spirit. We have to have both. That faith will cause you to take ground. And though you may not see the fullness of everything that you want to see in a certain time frame, you're going to begin to see those steps happen. And what do you do then? You continue pressing forward. You continue going towards that prize, that goal. The enemy is going to withstand you at every turn, yet our God is greater. We, we cannot be a church that believes in signs, wonders, and miracles. And then when it comes to our own self, when our own, our own bodies are sick, we just say that this is our affliction, we're going to carry it. No, we've got to be a people who, who walk in healing. We've got to be a people who walk in divine health, who walk in divine wealth. We have to be a people who, who believes what this word says. It's not optional. And we can make so many excuses. We can make so many things about, about well, brothers, it's, it's harder than it looks, but not for our God. It's not impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. And so what we're going to do in these coming weeks and months is we are going to contend like never before. We are going to war with these lies that have lulled us into a sense of false security of saying, well, maybe it's just I'll see it on the other side. In time, every disappointment will be made right. He restores what the canker worm has eaten and, and taken away. He restores. He restores. There are things of, in, in the faith that you are contending for. Con I, I pray you contend for it even harder. 
I'm talking children being set free from from demonic oppression, from, from sicknesses and diseases. I'm talking your family members being set free, your finances being set free, that the enemy may have come against you, but in the next six to eight weeks, while we are going into Christmas, we're going to go to war for this. And in the next six to eight months, we're going to see things that we only thought would be possible 10 years down the road. We're going to begin to see it. Just as Pastor Becky shared that, that they sowed $10 and reaped a hundredfold reward. That is something, if it's happening for our spiritual leadership, it's going to happen for us. If, it's, if, it's going, if, it, if God has healed, I watched my grandpa get healed from cancer and go in remission. And yes, a, a, another version of cancer came and he passed away into glory. I do not count that as a, a loss or a failure. We saw that healing. We saw that breakthrough. We saw the breakthrough in others. And so we're going to continue to contend for that. Where the Lord is wanting to take us, only He can. I believe that we will see our neighbors come to Christ. The former and the latter reign will reign together. I want to see the people of, of Washington County and, and Wood County and and the, the surrounding areas, I want to see them get saved and walk in the fullness of the Lord. I want this revival to happen. And the greatest comfort is knowing that God wants it more than me. And we're going to be a people who contend for that. If you would, just go ahead and stand to your feet with me. I want you, as I was talking, there were things being stirred up in you that you're believing for. I want you to begin to pray right now, whether in the spirit or in your understanding. We're just going to take a few minutes and we're just going to, we're going to start this thing out in prayer. We have the word that the Lord is faithful by faith, we see all of those things in the, in the New Testament and the Old Testament come to pass. By faith, we've watched our brothers and sisters in this building get healed and ministered to. So just begin to pray in, in your spirit and in your understanding. Out loud with your mouth, man. If you're not willing to contend for it in here, you won't be able to contend for it out there. We got we to gotta go for it. Father, we thank you. Every healing that this church is believing for will come to pass in Jesus' name. Every breakthrough, every financial breakthrough in Jesus' name will come to pass. I pray that faith is stirred up in you. Where seeds of disappointment have tried to come and choke out that root, I pray that the seeds of faith are stronger than any thorny vine of doubt and deception and lie. I pray that you are made whole in Jesus' name. That you would not doubt in God's goodness, but that you would see Him 
come to everything that he's promised for. See him come through in every way, come to pass. And everything that you've promised, everything you've been promised would come to pass in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Just a little more. Just a little more. Lord, we thank you for healings. We thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles. Father, we thank you. We will go to war for this. We will go to war with this, and we will see it put down. Every sickness that afflicts the body of Christ, we will see it fall to the ground, dead, no longer afflicted, barren wounds being opened up again once more. We're going to see healings, signs, and wonders where mental oppression and depression are happening. God is going to begin to set free. Your children are going to begin to walk in the freedom that Christ promised. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Revival in this land. Revival in the land. God, we pray. Lord, we, we ask even more than just ourselves, God. We ask that you would begin to move in the schools, God. That you would begin to move in the workplaces. Lord, on the football fields, God, we ask that your, your presence would begin to, to fill and overflow. God, we thank you. That no one is beyond salvation. That while we are here, we are salt that preserves the earth. Every attack of the enemy has, has, has to fall to the ground. Void in Jesus' name. He protects you from the fiery dart. From the plague and the pestilence. From the, 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 the things that wander in the night. He, he protects you. So we, re, I, we rebuke night terrors and demonic dreams in Jesus' name. We rebuke every spirit that tries to come and steal your peace in Jesus' name. We will not be a people who just wait and see if it's the Lord. We are going to contend for it. Ask, seek, and knock for whoever asks will be given to him. Seeks and he will find. And knock, the door will be open. What are you believing God for? What are you going to contend for? I want you to know, I want you to get it and know it because what's going to happen is as a family, we're going to contend for all things. That we would have all sufficiency, just as it says in the book of Acts, that they gave as anyone had need. We'll give you our time in prayer and fasting to see those things come to pass. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. The miracles are not far off. It's, if, I could, if I could illustrate it, it's almost like a water balloon is like right is hanging above our heads and all we have to do is have the bravery to poke at it. What are you believing for? If it's something simple, that's awesome. See God do it and then believe for something bigger. We're not going to stop. We're not going to, we're not going to be given into fear. We're not going to believe the lies. We're not going to, to fall short of the glory of God. I refuse, I refuse to let my brothers and sisters walk in sickness and disease. When God says by their stripes they are healed. 
I refuse to let my brothers and sisters wander in poverty when the Bible says that he will make you wealthy, that he will give you above and beyond anything that you could ever ask, think, or believe. I refuse to say that that was just for a time when the Bible says he never changes. He never changes. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And by that faith, we will obtain a good testimony. We will be a people that contends for this. We're going to believe. I, I don't. I don't. I. I just. I, I. I believe that God is going to heal allergies and, 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 and simple things that people say I can live with. I believe God is wanting to people to walk in divine health. We're going to contend for that. And we will keep continue, contending for it until we see it come to pass. If you don't know what to do in this moment, neither do I. You're, just, just believe with me. I told Adam before I gave this, I was like, I don't... I've never given anything like this. And I have, there's such a holy fear on me because I, I know that what we're called to contend for is going to blow our minds. And yet there are times where false humility lies to us and comes in and says, you, haven't you done enough? No, we have not. We're just getting started. We're going to contend for our kids to walk in, in, in the ways of the Lord upright. We're going to contend for our family to come to Christ. We're going to contend for that which we once thought was impossible to happen in Jesus' name. We're going to see people come hungry and get filled we're going to see addicts be set free and restored. We're going to see sickness and disease healed. I just keep feeling, I just keep hearing that over and over and over again. Sickness and disease, its days are numbered. Babies are going to be born. We're going to begin to not only make disciples of other people, but we're going to begin to give birth to disciples. There's going to be children. More children come. We, we praise God that we have testimonies of that. We do. By faith, these things have happened, and we are just getting started. Thank you so much for being with us today in this service. Now listen, during this service, if you have been ministered to, there's something that happens when the Spirit of God begins to move upon a person. He begins to draw us unto Himself. And I want to tell you that today is a day of salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you've accepted Him at one point in time and your relationship is no longer where it needs to be, then I would ask you to simply repeat this prayer with me. As we pray, I just repeat it with me and let's believe God. He is so faithful and He is so true. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. I repent of my sins. I ask for your forgiveness and your blood to wash me clean.
I walk away from my old life and I walk into my new life. Thank you, Lord. I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time or if you've rededicated, please comment, let us know. We got some material for you. We would love to absolutely get this into your hands so that it would help you and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.